Welcome to Thriving Through Menopause. I'm your host, Clarissa Christensen, an international menopause expert, author, and speaker. I help women go from feeling uncertain, uncomfortable, and struggling to experiencing a new sense of confidence, freedom, and vitality. My own story mirrors that of thousands of women that I have connected with through writing my book, speaking engagements, and coaching. Like you, I felt unprepared, unsupported, and at times dismissed by family, employers, and even doctors. That's why I created this podcast as a place of advocacy, offering facts, resources, and a community where you can become more empowered to take control of your menopause journey. Join us each week as we dive into honest, open, raw conversations on the topics that matter deeply to menopausal midlife women. From our changing bodies to our relationships, to dealing with menopause and aging at work and in society. My mission is to help you to tap into our collective wisdom so you can emerge more powerful, wiser, not just older, thriving and ready to embrace wholeheartedly the next chapter in your life. Have you ever felt alone with no one to talk to, no one to turn to and very confused about your menopause, your menopause symptoms. Well, you're one of millions of women around the world who have no one to talk to, no one to share what they're going through. And so today, I'm particularly delighted to have with me somebody I feel has made it her mission to bring people together and to open up conversation around menopause, not just for women, but for people. And that is the founder of Menopause Cafe, Rachel Vice. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Hi, Clarissa. Thank you for inviting me. It's wonderful. I mean, Rachel, many of my listeners live in diverse parts of the world, in Australia, US, Europe. They may not have heard of Menopause Cafe. How did that start and what is it all about? Okay, well, first, I'm delighted there has been a few pop-up menopause cafes in outside the UK, in US, Europe, Perth, Australia, Nairobi, and so on. Um, so we'd be delighted if any of your listeners wanted to get involved. They started in February 2017 when I watched a BBC documentary by Kirsty Walk called The Menopause in Me. Um, and I wasn't, I didn't think I was menopausal at that point. I just thought I should know for general knowledge. And watching that TV program made me realise that menopause was more complex than I'd realised. I just thought, hey, happy days, my periods will stop, no contraception, no menstrual products, maybe the odd hot flush. That was the extent of my knowledge. Um, but watching that program made me realize, oh, there's a whole load of other physical, emotional, psychological symptoms that affect people. Um, and crucially, the program showed that people don't talk about menopause. And I thought that's a bit odd, given it happens to half the population and it's bound to affect the other half who we live and work with. So that's what gave me the idea that maybe we needed pop-up events where anyone who wants to any age, any gender can turn up and have a conversation about menopause if they so wish. That's wonderful. And I think one of the things you're actually saying, anybody can pop up. And that's quite different as I think a lot of conversation that I've watched over the last four or five years has been women to women. But that's more than that, isn't it, in Menopause Cafe? Yes, we've had that from the beginning as one of our founding principles that we think that everyone needs to know about it. So take your maybe your male manager in his 30s. If he has never heard or said the word menopause, it's 
he's not going to be the best support for his maybe slightly older employee who's going through the menopause. So that's why we think everyone needs to know about it, or the partners, or young women before it happens to them. That said, we we absolutely appreciate that there's a need for women-only spaces, and we're delighted when other people set those up. But that's not our mission. Our mission is a space where anyone can talk. Um, many of our events will probably turn out to be women only and might look exactly the same like a menopause support group. But the principle is that they're open to everyone. So we've had young men turn up because their mums were too embarrassed to come or too anxious. So they've gone and listened and learned. And the men who do come, they're only about one to two percent of the um, participants. I love it. Clarissa, because they come in a spirit of humility and learning. They cannot mansplain menopause to us, you know. No, they can't. (laughs) Yeah, the men who come, come generally either for love of, you know, their partners, sisters, mothers, whoever. Um, Or if it's a workplace event, they come for their general knowledge because nobody has ever explained it to them. I think that's fantastic. So Menopause Cafe functions how? Tell us a little bit about how they work and the different forms of them. Yeah. Um, so the their pop up events run by volunteers because we're we're a registered charity now, Menopause Cafe. So you do not need to know anything about the menopause to run a menopause cafe. What you do need to know about is how to facilitate a group of people and hold the space. So let's imagine you turned up to our first one, which is a template for all menopause cafes. You'd advertise the event, menopause cafe, turn up, and everyone who attends just gets put into Small tables, like you would in a cafe. We often hold them in cafes. Three, four, five people round a table, and the facilitator simply invites them to have a conversation. What is their interest in menopause? So there are no experts. There's no advice being given. It is at a very basic level for us. So just breaking the silence to do about menopause. People have got every twenty minutes or so. We encourage people to swap to another table. That is such a needed space because I think. There's a lot of experts talking at and to people and a lot of fantastic advice, which, you know, I'm a hundred percent with as a, an expert myself. You know, this is, this is needed factual, actionable information. But just to have a safe space to talk is so important because I think there's a lot of hiding away and saying nothing and suffering through a lot of emotional pain, let alone the physical symptoms. That's exactly it, Clarissa. After our first pop-up event, the two things that stood out for me were in our feedback forms, people said, now I know I'm not alone. And another common thing was they said, now I know I'm not going mad. So I think the silence breeds shame, or the shame breeds silence, and people are suffering on their own and not realising this is a normal stage of life that lots of people go through and you're not alone and help is available. Yes, and I think that's a really important point you've talked about not going mad. The the emotional, the mind running riot, Rachel, on this space is incredible if you don't have anyone to talk to. Yeah, I think even realizing you're not alone in being forgetful or feeling anxious or feeling paranoid or depressed or any of these very usual symptoms of menopause, Often people don't talk about it much. Um, and I think it can do great damage to people's intimate relationships, friendships. They become socially isolated. Um, so, yeah, if popping up to a menopause cafe just seems to help people, we can't change the symptoms. We can't give you expert advice. But if you go away feeling a little bit more empowered, 
maybe a little bit more educated, um, then we, we like to think we're playing our part um, alongside experts like yourself and all the other things that are happening in the workplace and in the domestic sphere. That's fantastic. And Rachel, you've mentioned the workspace. Have you been holding menopause cafes in workplaces? Yes. Um, to be honest, we haven't planned it, Clarissa, but our local electricity company back in January 98 said, oh, can we hold a menopause cafe in the lunch break at work? And we thought, well, why not? What a great idea. So imagine this all over the electricity company were posters and emails saying, we're holding a menopause cafe in this room at this time. So, and and they, they invited me just to kind of hold their hand, really, to be there. And we sat there, the organiser and I, and she went, I don't know if anyone will turn up. I just don't know. Um, I said, don't worry, even if only two people turn up, they'll have a good conversation. And Clarissa, 30 people came. The room was full, sitting around tables, tea and coffee laid on. And it's not just those 30. It will be the other hundreds who saw the publicity for the event. And that might have sparked a conversation in the office or at home. I love that. I really love that because it's quite hard, I think, if you set up a training Sometimes you feel you have to turn up and show up and you're going to be told something. And it formalizes things that it's fine to to formalize it because I think there's a real role for that. But but there is also this just getting together and uh, being able to talk to each other. And I, I can remember a lady I spoke to, and I'll share this with the listeners too, and she was in an office in the US. She was ex- She suffered terribly with vasomotor symptoms, hot all the time. She wore, you know, summer clothing in the middle of winter. And then she, the, the guys would be going, why have you turned up the heating? And they'd be opening windows. And she said there were at least five other women who were a similar age and nobody said anything to anybody about how they, and that's sad. And I feel that's where a menopause cafe, Rachel, would be so wonderful. We could, in a safe space, come together and just talk. Exactly, because you know that anyone who turns up for that event is not going to be embarrassed by you talking about menopause. And like I say, when we hold them in the workplace, you often get men turning up because where else, how can they find out? They feel embarrassed asking people, can you tell me what menopause is? You know, how does it affect? So it, it's a very good starting point in the workplace, a sort of downwards up grassroots start, which can then lead to getting experts in to train the managers or having general education talks about it. But I quite like the idea that it starts by an event and everyone's equal in a menopause cafe. It doesn't mean they could be the CEO or the cleaner or anybody else. They're just people who are interested in menopause and need to find out more. I absolutely love that. I think there's there's value in that wherever you live in the world. And I wish they were more here in Sweden where, where there is. We haven't. No, we haven't had one yet. If any of your listeners want to start one, just go to our website, www.menopausecafe.net. Clarissa, it is a trademark term, so you can't just set one up because we ask anyone who wants to set one up, our volunteers, to sign a working agreement with us. There's no money involved because we're a charity, but the working agreement says you'll provide an accessible, respectful, confidential space and that your event will be open to anyone, regardless of age or gender. And crucially, that um, you'll have no intention of leading people to any conclusion, product or course of action. You know, it's not a sales gig for anything or a chance to evangelize or proselytize because you think, I don't know, magnetic cancel, HRT, or, you know, whatever works for you, works for everyone. It's not that. It's just an agenda-free. And I forgot, 
essential, refreshing drinks and cake. <laughs> Although when we've been holding them online recently, of course, people have had to bring your own drinks and cake. So yeah, it'd be brilliant if somebody in Sweden or any of the other countries where your listeners are, uh, just go to our website and get in touch. We'll, we'll support. I think that's fantastic because I think that takes a lot of pressure off and a, a, a freedom to just talk without feeling that anybody's trying to tell you there's a wrong way and a right way, because there is a bit of that sometimes. And I love that this is just a free space to talk. But you've been holding them in cafes, but now online. What kind of people are turning up online then compared to maybe in a workplace or live? Well, we've done them online for workplaces as well. <laughs> so, you know, like um, various employers have asked us in um, or, or their volunteers have set them up. So I'll, I'll treat the two separately. The, the workplace ones online, it does generally tend to be women in their 40s and 50s, but not exclusively. Um, and of course, as you know, people can have menopause at any age. Um, so it's mainly women who are affected by the menopause who come. But like I say, there's one or two percent who are men. And nowadays that we're doing it online, of course, it means anyone, any way in the world can participate. You don't have to wait for a local volunteer to set one up. So that's that's been a real blessing in disguise during the pandemic that we've run more and more online cafes. We'd only done a couple before uh, March last year and anyone can tune in and join in. And we're doing them in different time zones. Um, so, yeah, it's great. We get a, a bigger variety and it's less scary for some people to log in from the comfort of their own home than to walk to a cafe and go through the door, particularly if they're suffering from anxiety or depression. Yes, of course. And we feel, we can often feel like that. We can often feel that we don't want to leave the house. But maybe you're right. It's a blessing in disguise and we can rock up online. We don't even have to show our face on video if we don't want to, but we can still talk and we can tune in and feel that connection. I think a sense of belonging is what all humans long for. We want to belong. And often during the menopause, women lose their sense of identity and belonging. Who am I anymore if I don't look conventionally attractive or I don't feel if I've lost my libido or I'm forgetful at work? You know, our whole sense of identity and who am I? Who is this new person? Where do I belong? And that's where talking to others can help. Absolutely. I think that sense of, as you said, not being alone and that there's not something strange about me, that I'm not you know, I'm unique because we're all unique, but what I'm experiencing isn't uncommon, maybe is a good I word. I think to that's it. It is a time of transition and you may feel strange to yourself. Some of us do, but it's very common, clearly. Uh, it's a bit, I think of it a bit like being the, before we turn into the butterfly, you have this awkward chrysalis stage where we feel clumsy and we don't like the way we look or think or anything. And we're, we're not a caterpillar anymore. We don't know what we're turning into. Uh, and it helps to meet other chrysalis. It does. And I like that you talk about people. I think one space that often gets forgotten of this is people who are LGBTQI, who often are not captured in the mainstream conversation. Has that been your experience here too, Rachel? Um, well, to be honest, I don't ask people what their sexual orientation is, so it only comes up in passing. But we've had same-sex couples, like two women, um, attending the cafe where the younger woman isn't menopausal yet and the older partner is, and they've both come along to learn more. At our Flush Fest, which we'll talk about later, we've got a trans man performing because, of course, trans men have wombs, many of them, and therefore go through menopause. You know, not all women have a womb and are menopausal, and not everyone who goes through menopause identifies as a woman. Um 
you've got the neurodivergent community, autistic people and so on. I mean, yeah, that, I think that's, we, that's why we want our events to be open to everyone. Whatever label you choose to label yourself with or not, whether it's a gender or age label or diversity or sexuality, I don't really mind. Do you know? Um, let's come and you might meet fellow people who identify the same way or, or not. Exactly. And I, and I love that. I think to come and feel this is a space for you too is very important. It's very important. And I love Everyone that. Everyone is welcome. All you need to do is have an interest in the menopause. That's it. And clearly, if you didn't have an interest, you wouldn't turn up. So that's fine. I don't think you'd seek out a menopause cafe. Really. You'd run a mile, as some people have done when we turn up at the cafe. They innocently walk in and we go, are you here for the menopause cafe? You can see the look of horror on some of the regular clientele's face. They run the but other people go, oh, really? What is that? Can I come in and join? Um, so, yeah, it tends to polarise people. They either go, why on earth would you want to be in a room with a load of people interested in menopause? Or they go, that's brilliant. Yeah, I think you're right. It's very polarized. And when you say to people you work on this, they kind of go, oh, that's a very, that's a niche. And I'm going, is half the population a niche? Mm. <laughs> it's not really a niche. No. <laughs> yeah, more people go through menopause and go through pregnancy, but there's no embarrassment in society anymore about talking about pregnancy in the workplace or otherwise. And I suppose we maybe share a common vision here, Rich, that we'd like menopause to be exactly like pregnancy, where we talked about it and we celebrated elements of it. Yeah, we acknowledge the downsides and the upsides. And then, yeah, ultimately, I don't want there to be a need for menopause cafes. Maybe in five, ten years' time, it will be an acceptable topic of conversation. So you won't need special places to go to talk. No. And that comes, I suppose, Rachel, from educating and doing the work that we're all doing that we engage more younger women because they often are hard to get on board in this conversation. They are, although I must say I do value the older women who've gone through menopause as well. It's wonderful when they turn up and tell us there is life beyond menopause. Otherwise, it can turn into a moan fest if we're all there going, this is dreadful, isn't it? So it's, it's great having the older ones who can tell us there's life after it. The younger ones more and more, I think as more celebrities are talking about menopause, younger women, like I was myself, are thinking, oh, maybe this is something I should learn about. Yes. And I know in UK, if I'm correct, there is an interest to put this into the education system as well. Yes. Diana Danserbrick has done a wonderful campaign. Um, I think it's hashtag menopause matters. So that as of September 2020, menopause is now included in the curriculum in England, but not yet in the rest of the UK. I'm in Scotland and it's not being taught here. Even to have it mentioned in passing, in sex education lesson because these kids at school probably their mothers are going through menopause without knowing about it quite often but, if and mothers often don't say anything children no. sort of head swiveling going where did my mother go who is this yeah. two who is this two-headed person that snaps at me yeah. and you've probably you know you've got two hormonal people in the family if you've got teenagers going through all their hormonal ups and downs and mum's doing the same thing but nobody knows that's what's going on there might be a bit more compassion and understanding um, if teenagers were told but we don't want to scare anyone off that's the other danger Clarissa the, the danger is we don't want employers going oh let's not employ any woman who might be a menopausal because they won't be able to remember stuff and there'll be emotional highs and lows um, so it's a fine line between educating but not going to stereotypes. That's a very valid point. And I think that 
this is an interesting time for women and women's employment and women's role. I mean, the pandemic has done good and bad in that space. Um, and you're absolutely right that it's easy for stereotypes to take hold for us to think, well, we're going to be restaffing, coming back to work, whatever. Oh, no, they're a problem group. So you're right, aren't you, Rachel? There's this fine, fine line that we're walking. And I think it was, I imagine it was the same with pregnancy, that decades ago, employers were wary of employing younger women in their 20s and 30s in case they got pregnant. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, you know, or there was discrimination in the workplace when you were pregnant. So I'm hoping we can ride that curve a bit the same way as pregnancy has gone, that menopause will be the same eventually. It'll be accepted and you won't discriminate against people for it. No, or maybe we'll have more understanding, more compassion, I feel, would be the right that, that you know, and it's a short space in our life, isn't it, Rachel? In reality, in the, in the span of our lives, it is maybe, okay, for some women, it's a very long time, but for many of us, it's a short space. And we do come out the other side very different, full of energy, starting businesses, doing things differently. And we want the world to harness that amazingness. We do. And we bring the wisdom of our years of experience and the confidence of caring less about what other people think. That is a blessing of menopause. I think the oxytocin goes down, so we're less less into pleasing everyone. Um, but that will unsettle potentially some of our colleagues and family who are, are maybe used to when we were a bit more, I hesitate to say submissive, but more into giving you know, and putting not, and putting ourselves last. Um, so, yeah, just to honour older women and celebrate that we have a valuable place in society. So, yeah, menopause taps into gendered ageism and all sorts of things. It does. And it's a great space if we can talk more about that because then we change things. So you, you mentioned a website. How do people then, they jump on the website and they can join a cafe, they can get yeah. involved? Mm -hmm. um, you can go on our website, www.menopausecafe.net, click on events and it will show you any cafes coming up online or in person. Uh, there's also a guide on how to run your own. And like I say, because it's a trademark term, fill in the working agreement, get in touch with us and you can hold your own. All you need is people facilitation skills. You don't need knowledge about menopause. Um, and also on the website, you'll find details about Flushfest, which is an event we're holding at the end of April. And I was just going, I was going to ask you because I absolutely love the name of this event. So Rachel, just tell my listeners how what this is all about, because it sounds like so oh, exciting. Yeah, I can't quite believe we're doing this. But um, the feedback we got after several menopause cafes was much as people love getting together and having an unstructured conversation, like you mentioned, there's also a need for hearing from medics and different experts and also just to celebrate and have a good laugh. So that's how we came up with the idea of the Menopause Festival. That was in 2018 we had our first one. When I Googled Menopause Festival in 2018, nothing came up. I'm not surprised. Words. <laughs> Those two words had not been put together because we tend to think of menopause as doom and bloom. Um, so we've held an annual menopause festival ever since, except for 2020. And this year we're going online for the first time. So any of your listeners who want to join us on the afternoon of Friday, April the 30th, um, or during the day on Saturday, May the 1st, and evenings can come. There are four main events. Um, in response to what people want. So Friday afternoon is a menopause in the workplace seminar with talks from lawyers, trade unions, uh, human, um, HR professionals, personnel development. So that's Friday afternoon seminar. 
menopause in the workplace and friday evening come along for comedy and slightly steamy storytelling um paulina was a sellout at the edinburgh fringe comedy and she's doing her show called all change uh not just about the menopause but that stage in life when your parents are getting older or dying and your kids teenagers if you have kids and so on and then Red Velvet Revelry are doing the slightly steamy storytelling, uh, exploring our sexuality as we get older. So that's Friday night, April the 30th, Saturday daytime, a celebration of all things menopause. We've got poetry workshops, nutrition talks, belly dancing, assertiveness, cognitive behavioral therapy, you name it. There's just a smorgasbord of different events. I on. so love yeah. that. This And Rachel, we so need this space that is joyful and fun and at the same time is has a serious side to it as well yeah our strapline is learn a little laugh a lot do you know i think we learn through the creative arts and by like the poetry workshop or in the evening we've got a cabaret we've got some fantastic acts using the creative arts to express the metaphors because that helps to break the silence too to sing and talk and recite poetry and just perform about the menopause. So it's going to be brilliant. And I'm thrilled that worldwide audiences can join us. Um, so yeah, again, just go to the, uh, it's hashtag FlushFest2021 or go to www.menopausecafe.net and you can book a ticket there. And we've tried to make it as affordable as possible because we're a charity. We're not into making money. We just need no. to cover our costs. I absolutely love that. I feel that that is I just, I'm just like, whoa, I'm signing up, even though I'm not oh, any longer in menopause, Rachel. I'm, I'm on the other, I'm well on the other side, but, well, uh, but very welcome. Yeah. I would love to. And I hope that listeners, you do take this opportunity because in our stories, aren't there, Rachel? There's so much learning and connectedness. I think it's an ancient way of learning is storytelling, you know, like round the campfire sharing stories, listening to each other's stories, not contradicting or trying to convince each other, but just saying, that's your story. Here's my story. Here's somebody else's story. And that's a very natural way to learn. Um, and you have to use your own critical faculties. You know, you're not just imbibing what someone said because they're the expert. You need to think, oh, that's her story. I wonder how that's different from mine. What shall I take? What shall I leave? Yes. And, and, and the use of poetry and music as well, which I think are... Ways to talk about things that are difficult in a very open, heartfelt manner. I, I mean, I'm a poet, big poetry fan, and I use poetry with my the people that I work with, and learnt that as a when I was training as a mindfulness practitioner. I, I, I did used a lot of poetry um, in my training, and I feel that that's a great way for us to be able to sometimes listen to how things are expressed in ways that we may find difficult to have our own words for. Indeed. I think it accesses different areas of the brain. It's not all just the, the left brain logical thinking, but the right brain creativity. Um, metaphors. We don't, we, we, here's a tough topic, menopause. We've got to approach it with all the different tools in our toolbox, I think all the different areas of our brain. <laughs> yes. Just try everything. And, and if we could enjoy ourselves at the same time and feel part of the community. Uh, that, helps. that is wonderful. Rachel, I love your passion and your energy around this space. It's just infectious. And I can't say more to the listeners. Please 
go to the website, the Menopause Cafe website and connect. We'll put a link in the show notes so you can do that and sign up for this fest because you're going to have fun, I think, without doubt. And you're going to learn an inner space that's just yours to pick the things that are of interest to you and maybe some things that you're curious about. Rachel, thank you for coming on and sharing more about Menopause Cafe and your amazing event. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you have loved or liked this episode, then I would be deeply grateful if you would head over to iTunes and give it a five-star rating. My mission is to reach as many women as possible, menopausal midlife women who may be feeling alone and asking questions. Why do I feel this way? Thriving Through Menopause is all about a community of our collective wisdom. You matter to me. Your feedback, opinions and stories matter to me. And I would love to hear from you. So drop me an email, clarissa at clarissachristensen.com. I genuinely want your feedback and your ideas on the topics that you would like to hear more of on this podcast. And if you are a woman who feels that they are struggling alone through menopause and you need more support, pop over to my website, clarissachristensen.com. You can find free resources and you can book a one-to-one discovery call with me. Let's start conversation. Thank you once again for listening. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the best ever Big Mac burger. Take it away, Hamburglar. Bravo, bravo. He said, there's more special sauce in every bite. Rubble, rubble. He said, rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble indeed, my friend. Try the juicier Big Mac and get 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Comparison to prior classic burgers, limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid once per day. Exclude stacks. Must be opted into rewards. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp. That's cbp.gov careers usbp.